0: Hi, my name is Nico Cousins, and I'm a postdoctoral researcher here at the Physical and Theoretical Chemistry Laboratory at Oxford. And in this podcast, we're going to be talking about another application of ionic liquids, specifically ionic liquids inside what are known as supercapacitors. Due to a huge increase in the numbers of portable electronics, and also a rising interest in electrical vehicles and hybrid electric vehicles, Electrochemical energy storage devices, such as batteries, are currently a very exciting and interesting research field. So the most obvious requirement of an energy storage device is the amount of energy it can store relative to its size or weight. And the other very important property is how quickly this energy can be released or stored, or in other words, how quickly it can be charged or discharged. So for some devices, such as your mobile phone, Quick charging is simply a convenience, but for other applications, such as recovering the energy from a car as it breaks, fast charging becomes essential. This is because as you recover the energy from the car, the electricity is generated very quickly, and this means it has to be stored very quickly. Finally, how quickly the energy can be released is related to how quickly, say, a vehicle can accelerate. So in this plot we're going to look at now, on the left-hand axis we have what is known as specific energy. And in terms of vehicles, this can be thought of as the range of the vehicle before it needs to be recharged. On the bottom axis, we have specific power. And this, again in vehicle terms, can be thought of as how fast the vehicle can accelerate. Plotted in the middle are a variety of ways to power these vehicles. We have batteries, including lithium-ion batteries. Uh, an example of which you can find in your phone. Fuel cells, which convert chemicals such as hydrogen into electricity. On the right hand side, we have what are known as capacitors and supercapacitors, which we will explain in much more detail later. And in the top corner, we have the internal combustion engine, which you will find in an everyday car or bus. You will notice that batteries have high specific energy, but relatively low specific power. On the other hand, capacitors and supercapacitors have much higher specific power, but a relatively low specific energy. It is hoped that by combining capacitors with batteries, we'll be able to create electric vehicles with the same performance as the internal combustion engine. So what are capacitors? Well, capacitors store energy by separating charges in an electric field, and supercapacitors can be thought of as a next-generation capacitor technology. Supercapacitors are able to store much more energy than normal capacitors without sacrificing the high specific power which they possess. We start with two metal electrodes, and these are coated with a conductive high-surface area material, which is usually a form of carbon. The carbon is highly porous, just like a sponge. So even though you cannot see through it, a large network of passages connects the top to the bottom. A separator between the electrodes keeps them from short-circuiting. The carbon is then filled with an electrolyte, which is simply a solution of ions. Here, the positive ions are drawn as red circles and the negative ions as blue circles. When a voltage is applied, a charge is generated on the surface of the carbon. And this, in turn, is balanced by the ions in the electrolyte. Notice now that the red ions are on one side and the blue ions are on the other side. And it's this process which stores energy. And this is where the high surface area sponge-like carbon becomes important. Because this is a surface process, the amount of energy the capacitor stores increases with the total surface area of the pores. So now that our supercapacitor is charged, how do we release this energy? We simply connect the capacitor to an external load, such as this light bulb, and the ions return to their original configuration, releasing the stored energy in the process. So where do ionic liquids come into play? Well, you'll remember from the last podcast that ionic liquids have a range of very interesting properties. They consist entirely of ions, yet they are liquid at room temperature. Because they are ionic in nature, we can use them as the electrolyte inside the supercapacitor. However, the voltage that ordinary electrolyte solutions can sustain before breaking down is relatively low. Ionic liquids, on the other hand, can survive much more voltage before breaking down. And this voltage exponentially increases the amount of energy that the device can store. Furthermore, as ionic liquids don't evaporate, They can be used over a very wide temperature range. And because they are non-flammable, they are much safer than current electrolytes. So despite all of this, the structure of ionic liquids at these charge interfaces remains poorly understood, which is why it's such a hot topic for both experimentalists and theoreticians all around the world. A deeper understanding will hopefully help us optimise these devices. The particular method used in our group involves confining ionic liquids to very, very thin films. We can then study the structure and organisation of these films as we vary the surface charge and in doing so we can gain a deeper understanding of the processes occurring inside a supercapacitor and this one day might help us power the cars of the future.